You're going to find this funny. I've never admitted this before, but I will admit it right now. I think I figured out why Rob Gronkowski has to potentially think about going back to the NFL. Why? <laughs> he's not a wrestler, I and he's not that. a dancer. He's not kind of mentally. He's th- wrong, and not and seeing that picture you showed me, I don't think he's big enough to play in the NFL right now. No, I don't. He's going to have to do some serious training. Yeah, no, he wouldn't be able to just go back tomorrow. Right, he, he'd have yeah. to really get his size back. He's not even close. He's lost all of his size. Yeah, absolutely. Just, he's barely even a receiver at this point. If you are just joining us, and um, my question to you is, where the hell have you been? As you, as we welcome you to this 491st episode of Unscripted, there is a rumor out that Chris has shared with us today here on earlier editions of Unscripted that there is a rumor, and you knew it was inevitable to happen. I'm sorry, but there's a rumor out there in rumor land that Rob Gronkowski is looking at a one-year contract uh, to re-team up with Tom Brady, uh, Tampa Tom. Um, that is, that's, that's sick, too. That's terrible, sick. Terrible. Um, but, uh, you know, reunite with Tom Brady down in Tampa as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, it's just incredulous to me that, um, again, I've said this three times a day, but I've got to drive the point home. Tampa Bay doesn't need another tight end, folks. No, they don't need another tight end. They need a couple offensive linemen, maybe an addition or two to their secondary, but uh, they don't need another tight end, especially one that seemingly to me has lost his muscle mass and has lost to me probably somewhere between 25 and 35 or 40 pounds since we last saw Rob Gronkowski on a football field. And it'll be interesting to see. But having said all that, we welcome you to this 491st episode of Unscripted. My favorite episode of the week, our Freeform Friday episode. Chris goes on to our Twitter page, finds what people are talking about. Whatever interests Chris and what interests me and what interests our listeners of Unscripted, he brings it up. We talk about it. We move on to the next topic. It's been a great way to put a end, put a cherry on top of another great week of shows here in Unscripted. And having said all that, I hand the microphone over to get this free forum Friday party started with my new lips. I hand the microphone over to my friend and executive producer of our little program, Mr. Chris Flew. Thanks, Mike. Well, I don't want to spend too long on this one, but it is the onion at the onion. I just like the headline. I wanted to share it. But obviously, we've talked about the pandemic tons, as we always do. But uh, the headline, I just laughed because it says, Walgreens introduces new dumbass-only shopping hours for dipshits who don't know how to stay six feet away. <laughs> and I thought that really summed it up. So Is that based in Florida by any chance? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had my first exposure, I got to tell you, I had my first exposure to a grocery store and a lineup outside of it yesterday. I was trying to get into the local uh, Sunterra by my house. It's a local grocery store. It's not a big chain. And um, it was weird. I got to be honest with you. It was weird. And it took me about 30 minutes to get into the store because Mm -hmm. they can only allow so many physical bodies in the store anymore. And you sit there at intervals of, you know, six feet, 2.5 meters for the Canadians listening. And uh, it's just really funny. 
to sit there and have a conversation with somebody that you'd have no idea and you you know you know nothing about but you're sitting there and you're again in this case it was 30 minutes so we ended up i had ended up having a nice conversation with a very attractive lady and uh if i was 25 instead of 35 we'd have hooked up nice well said thank you okay uh w brett wilson at w brett wilson just a couple more headlines about the pandemic and then we'll move on there's a question that he posted. Is there a tax I can pay to stop COVID-19 or does that only work for climate change? And, <laughs> Do you, have you ever met W. Brett Wilson? You know, I've never met him officially, but one time a couple of years ago, Martine and I were standing in line at Yuck Yucks at the Elbow River Casino. Yeah. And uh, there was a lady in front of us and he, he walked in and, and uh, joined her. So he was standing right in front of us. I didn't bother him or anything. And then he went in and, uh, you know, I saw him at his table. He was kind of sitting across from us and, and uh, I saw him, and, and he seemed to have a good time there, but seems like a really nice man. Yeah, I have no issue with him. I'm just making, uh, you know, small talk. Um, I had the uh, opportunity to meet him at a, golf court, at a golf tournament years ago. Very good guy. Minority shareholder in the Nashville Predators yeah. hockey team. Wanted to take over the whole Calgary Flames organization, mm-hmm. but the Hotchkiss ownership group were not interested, and I think that was a mistake. Yeah, I think I'm the, glad they didn't. I know. think the uh, well, because I he I think he'd be good, and so I, well, I, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to. Well, I, I I get that, but for the eight remaining Flames fans and the two that are in my house, I think the Flames would have been a better product with W. Brett Wilson running the team instead of the current ownership, and that's just my opinion. Oh, for sure he would have, of course, because he's smart, uh, okay, and successful. Yeah, and yeah, okay, and uh, a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, and not a more. Yeah, okay. Jeff Ross at Real Jeffrey All Ross. Right. And he tweets, pants, LOL. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Um, <clears throat> yesterday, think about this. This is just, just, you know, yesterday was the first time I left my garage. My car left the garage in two weeks. Three weeks, maybe. I don't know. It had been a while. I forgot how fast I can drive in my car. I'm now, I now know how many tickets I got over the years. Um, I do have a heavy foot, but my car likes to go. And when you, when I haven't sat in it for two or three weeks, I, uh, found myself. Yeah. I was lucky. I didn't get a speeding ticket yesterday. (laughs) You know, I haven't, Thankfully, yes, I am in pants today here in Chris's beautiful home, Chris and Martina's beautiful home. But I have been in sweatpants or pajama bottoms basically for three weeks. Yeah. You know, I mean, I go out and put clothes on when I go and do my walk and stuff. But how about pants with zippers, though? Like, holy Well, yeah. Not not very often. Not very often. So, I mean, again, I love Jeff Ross, uh, the king of of the roasts, the roast master. But uh, I haven't. Except going to the store yesterday and to Chris's house today with a zipper. I haven't worn pants in a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you might have heard a little while ago that uh, Roger Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather's uncle, very famous boxing trainer, had passed mm-hmm. away. Yes. So Floyd just showed a video of him training, like holding the holding the uh, mitts for, the, uh, for some young boxer. And uh, so he posted this on social media today. And so Floyd Mayweather says... As many of you know, I've had incredible trainers, which included my dad and uncle. Yep. Due to the recent passing of my uncle Roger, I've felt inspired to help those around me the same way they have been there for me throughout my boxing career. 
I am new at training, and so far I've been working with people with no boxing experience. Therefore, we are growing together. But I promise you, I will be one of the best trainers in the world. Inspire and be inspired. I don't agree with that. You don't think that he could be a good no. trainer? Hmm. Here's here's my reason. Okay. Okay. Here's my reason. Mm-hmm. I think Floyd Mayweather, and I've said this on this program, pound for pound is the best fighter I have ever seen in history. But there was a reason that Magic Johnson was a lousy coach. There was a reason that Wayne Gretzky was mm-hmm. a lousy coach. There was a reason that a lot of these ex-premier athletes could not translate well on the coaching side of things. Some of the best baseball managers are broken down catchers. Some of the best football coaches are interior offensive and defensive linemen. They're not the superstars. They're not the headline makers. And I think as great as as, uh, this young man is, Mayweather as a fighter, it would be very difficult to me, in my opinion, and you might think I'm crazy, and that's okay because you've thought I've crazy before, but I think it's very difficult for premier athletes to dummy it down to make it understandable for mere mortals. And I don't mean that as a slot at mere mortals, but there's a reason why Mr. Mayweather is 50-0, and 0, and there's a reason why... why Wayne Gretzky is the greatest hockey player to ever lace up the skates. And there's a reason why Magic Johnson was the greatest point guard of all time. Not the best player of all time, but the greatest point guard of all time. And there's a reason why Magic Johnson quit after 16 games as the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. He couldn't get the message across to the athletes of the generation after his. And I think that potentially could be a problem for Mayweather. And I think he might get frustrated because he's going to expect certain things and he's not going to have his guys that he's training might not match those expectations or reach those expectations. And I think that there'll be a problem. You make a really good case for that. And everything you said about all those other people and Gretzky and all those other ones, I completely agree with. And that's great. My, my main concern with Mayweather as a trainer would be if he was really committed over the long term to that if he still loves the sport of boxing that much, if he doesn't want to just relax with all his money, if this isn't just due to the recent passing of his uncle and the emotions surrounding that, if he was really dedicated to the sport, and I knew that, if I knew that, then I might believe him because this is a little bit different than those other ones because this is an individual sport, not a team sport. Absolutely. And also, uh, and some people would disagree with me on this part, I, I think there's less instinct in boxing at least when it comes to Floyd Mayweather maybe with a Mike Tyson or something there's a lot of instinct good point but with Floyd Mayweather you can't get to 50 and 0 on instinct right I don't believe you can but if you have unbelievable like if you've mastered technique and I mean mastered technique and strategy then apparently because he did it you can get to 50 and 0 and so I think with Floyd because he's working one-on-one with guys and he can make technical corrections like they should the video he showed some guy who looks like he had no boxing experience punching and you know floyd says okay raise your elbows like this hold it like this perfect okay now let's go again he can make those corrections because his the scope of what he does and what he really mastered is relatively limited uh compared to at least a team sport so i could see where uh you know a, a world in which floyd mayweather did commit himself and did do this 
and did become a great trainer. And that, and even if he is a great trainer, it doesn't guarantee that his guys are going to Correct. win world titles. But in terms of just if you ranked him on being a great trainer and getting the best out of guys, he could do that. And even if he does, we might not know it. But I could see him doing it because I think it's a little different than just being a great hockey player or a great team sport player. Great points. I, I have I have no rebuttal. My only my only um, comment would be, I just wrote down three famous trainers that I've known of in my career, and boxing isn't one of my specialities. Obviously, the NFL, the NBA, and baseball. I think I'm and get- golf. Well, yeah, in golf, and I think I'm getting better every day at the National Hockey League. There were people, I got to be honest with you, there were people that were surprised that I was able to compete with you on naming a favorite player for all 31 national. Yeah, no, that was really good. And and I I got comments back from people like, you don't know anybody that plays for these teams. (laughs) How'd you pull that one out of your ass? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, it's study. That's what it is. But anyway, Angelo Dundee, the famous trainer for Muhammad Ali, was not a boxer. Yeah. Kevin Rooney. The trainer that was the difference between the great Mike Tyson and when and when Rooney was kicked to the curb, the not so great Mike Tyson, Kevin Rooney was not a boxer. Emmanuel Stewart, the great trainer for Tommy Hearns, was not a boxer. So I think even for someone as great as Floyd Mayweather, it's a new territory. There's going to be some adjustment period, and I think one of the things that Floyd Mayweather would really find eerily different would be working with today's athletes. Whether he knows them or not, today's athletes, when I grew up, when my dad was coaching and the coaches that I interviewed during my radio career, in the beginning, it was still yes coach, no coach. In some extreme cases, if you played at Alabama for Bear Bryant, it was yes sir. Floyd Mayweather, pound for pound, in my opinion, the greatest boxer of all time ever, 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 and amen. A young buck today is going to tell Floyd Mayweather to fuck off if there's something that Mayweather wants him to do. And Mayweather will look at it, in my opinion, as this is what I did to get me to 50 and 0. Now shut the fuck up, young buck. And the young buck's going to tell him to go fuck himself. And I think that's going to be something that would certainly take an adjustment to when you've been to the magnitude and still are in regard to the boxing world of where you stand. You're at the king. You're still at the top of the mountain. If you're in my opinion, if you're Floyd Mayweather and some young buck telling him to go do something that's anatomically impossible to do, which is go fuck yourself. I think that would be tough. And we all know Mayweather still has an ego. So I think that would be a real tough obstacle for the greatest fighter to overcome. I really like that he is helping out young guys, newbies, rookies, because then they he can get them having the good habits right off the bat. I, 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 and and I mean he's not gonna have to deal with much ego. If you walk look, if you walk in the door and you have no boxing experience and you get the honor of training with Floyd Mayweather right away, right, and you have an attitude, then you deserve you to be kicked he out. He shouldn't be there. Yeah, then then those people are, are gone. But anyway. we all know that this next generation not your, then one yeah, after yeah, you. Yeah. There's my generation, your generation, and the next one after that. There are some really weird, screwed up people oh, in that next yeah, generation don't that don't have an appreciation 
of things been, you know, if you're in, if, if you're in line to get tutored by the best boxer pound for pound of all time and you muck that up, you're an idiot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Andrew Marchand at Andrew Marchand. Uh, so I've got uh, three, I guess, announcers for you to analyze potentially. If you, uh, don't, I don't know how well you know each of these guys. You know some of them for sure. So uh, CBS has let go of Dan Fouts from its number two NFL team. They're trying to replace him with with uh, Fox's Charles Davis, and Trent Green is allegedly the top internal candidate. Any thoughts on Fouts, Charles Davis, and Trent Green? You know, Dan Fouts was a serviceable. Um a serviceable color analyst. He has the credentials, Hall of Famer, never won a Super Bowl, um, lost in his uh, one and only uh, AFC championship appearance in unbearable conditions in Cincinnati in 1981. But, um, you know, Dan Fouts, again, had the credentials, had the resume, but he just didn't have the personality. You know, every network is looking for the next Tony Romo now. And I just saw on my phone that, Drew Brees is going to sign on the dotted line with Sunday Night Football as a color analyst once his playing career is over. And I look forward to that. I think, again, Dan Fouts had the resume, had the credentials. He doesn't have the personality. Charles Davis, he was a defensive back years ago, all SEC defensive back. And surprisingly, for an SEC school, he was on the all-academic team at uh, Tennessee. I think Charles Davis is a better choice than Trent Green. Trent Green is a poor man's Dan Faust without the credentials. But is he that much better that it's worth trying to poach him from Fox instead of just take Green, who you already have? I would keep, if I was, if I was Fox, I'd keep Charles Davis on my roster. I would too, yeah. I would keep Charles Davis yeah, on my he's roster. Yeah, good. he's good. I think he's solid. He's very knowledgeable. I, again, I, I think if you're Fox, you should keep Charles Davis on your roster. I think so too, yeah. Okay, uh, this was interesting. This resonated with me, and I want to see what you think about this. This was Daniel Negreanu at Real Kid Poker. With so many entertainment options available in 2020, I could happily quarantine at home for 10 years. Easy. I don't have the boredom gene. I just don't ever get bored. There is always something I find that's fun to do. And I relate to this. And I know there's a lot of people that even when there is no pandemic, they get bored for some reason. And they even if they can, yeah, whatever, you can go out and... Whatever. For me, never mind if it's normal and I could just do anything and I have time off or something. That's just too much in the way of options for me. But even during this, to be honest, like I'm aware of how everyone else is, is struggling, but I mean, my wife and I never get tired of each other. I never run out of things to do. The only thing even approaching boredom is sometimes I'm really tired and it's two in the morning and I'm going to bed and I don't really want to start anything big. Well, for sure. I don't yeah. want to, I'm not going to start a movie right before bed or something. Right. So then I'm not bored, but I'm like, well, there's nothing I really can or want to do that is only going to take 10 minutes or something. So I just go to bed. But no, I, I could be quarantined in here. I'm like Negranu, especially now. Like, I mean, maybe 30 years ago, it's, it's a little harder. But with unlimited stuff to watch on Netflix, there's still lots of Star Trek I want to watch. There's other shows I want to watch. There's video games. There's working on Unscripted and all the new stuff we're doing. There's just hanging out with my wife and playing board games and even just doing laundry and doing chores, cleaning the house. There's just... I just... I never, ever get bored. I really don't. When you read that, I thought I was reading from your Wikipedia page. Yeah? <laughs> is it, it's obvious that I don't ever get bored, too? Well, but see, you're a self-starter. You are 
incredibly ingenious as to how you use your time. And you use it very, very wisely. And let's be honest, it helps that you have a wife that you love and respect and like to hang out with. Let me be honest. I have the same thing in regard to Judy. But I've had kids at the house. And any parent, as much as I respect your parents, there were times that your dad went to play golf at 6 in the morning and then again at 10.30 in the morning after the first 18 to get away from you and your sister because you did something stupid. Or, you know, my dad would do that and would go away for a week. You have a very unique situation here that a lot of people would be jealous of. But then there were, there'd be a lot of people that couldn't do it because they have to get out. They have to, they have to just get out and about. And I'm one of those. I, I cannot. I mean, I have, Olivia has gotten me a, a, a Netflix account. I don't watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. I watch sporting events. Without sporting events, and now without Hawaii Five-0, I'm a little lost. I find myself reading more. Uh, I'm a voracious reader. I've learned a lot this week in different things. Um, or the last three weeks now. I'm a voracious reader. I'm trying to do my stuff that I'm supposed to be doing from work. But I need a break from the four walls every now and then. And that's why I'm thankful for my work, for my walks. But um, I know that um, if Olivia and Jenna were both home at the same time and fighting and bitching and screaming, and I'd need an escape. And if you had that around, both you and Martina would need an escape. Oh, well, that's a, that's a non sequitur. Well, I get that. But see, but I, I, but I, I get that. But see, if it was just Judy and I, I think we'd be very similar because Judy and I have same similar uh, likes and wants and dislikes. You're going to find this funny. I've never admitted this before, but I will admit it right now. Get the drum roll. Judy and I are habitual Young and the Restless viewers. Wow. I have been watching the Young and the Restless for 28 years. Is it good? Obviously, if I've been watching it for 28 no, fucking years. No, not obviously. It might just be doing it to support your wife and no, do something I, with her. You know what? I love Judy, but if I didn't like it, I sure as hell wouldn't have done it for 28 years. I have watched Young and the Restless for 28 years. I've watched Victor Newman go from a totally black head to now thinning hair and gray. Um, I, that, that is our thing. We, we tape it and we watch it at night. But when the kids were around, you know, we, we, put them to bed when they were younger. Now, pfft, Jenna's got all the different, you know, toys and bells and whistles up in her room. So she just goes up there and does her thing and we get the red room to ourselves. And the one thing that we mandate every day is that we watch Young and the Restless together. Wow. That is okay. our thing. So um, I don't know how to comment after that. I've never made that public. I'm surprised that I just did, but uh, I have been watching the Young and the Restless soap opera, daytime drama, since 1992 when I met Judy. Wow. Well, I think I get that out of people sometimes because I'm not very judgmental, but uh, so I'm glad you felt comfortable enough to say that. But I have to say, I mean, honestly, I, I wouldn't know how to judge that anyway because... I've never seen more than about two minutes of any daytime soap opera in and my life. And neither had I. So I don't neither know. Neither had I until I met Judy. Yeah. But then it was, I had come up here from Vegas just for a visit. And I had just graduated from UNLV, came up here to visit Judy. And 
it was, you know, one of these beautifully uh, weather-challenged days here in Nenshiville. And, you know, we had Channel 2 and 7 and something else. And Judy had a regimen. She'd get home from work. She'd tape, tape Y&R. She'd have a cocktail and watch Young and the Restless. And I saw all these beautiful girls on the Young and the Restless became an instant fan. Oh, yeah. And good. I've been there for 28 years. So wow. call me weak, call me whatever. But it's something that Judy and I share together, and uh, I wouldn't change a thing. Sounds good. Okay. All right. So I've got a few. We didn't get to talk about this, uh, and we need to. And this is more of a typical unscripted episode, uh, this topic, I think, than, uh, than on Freeform Friday. But we have to talk about this because this is getting so far out of hand. This is going to go down... This reign of this man is is just getting sort of control. So I'm just going to say a few tweets and just not even say who says them. But Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, Kiki Kuti, David Johnson, the Houston Texans arguably feature the most injury-prone offense in the entire NFL. One pillow fight away from multiple missed games. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, this makes no sense at all. Absolutely none. A second-round pick for Cooks. By the way, so it was the trade was Brandon Cooks and a fourth-round pick in yes. 2022, mm-hmm. in two years for some reason, three drafts from now, for a second-round pick this year. This is arguably the greatest wide receiver class in the history of the draft. Let's give up a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks, who is on an $81 million contract with five known concussions. And then this one here. Uh, this is this one's from Field Yates at Field Yates. Since August 31st, the Texans have traded away 12 players in picks and acquired 15 players in picks. Here, so here's essentially the trade, and I'll just skim through it real quick. Yeah. So they have given away DeAndre Hopkins, Jadevian Clowney, first, first, second, second, third, fourth, uh, Badamosi, Davenport, and Rankins, and a sixth in exchange for Tunsil, Cooks, Johnson, Stills, Mingo, Martin, Conley, Hyde, second, third, fourth, Kean Crossan, who's that, and a fourth, and a fourth, and a sixth. So you'll see that you have guys with a bigger injury history acquired guys that other teams didn't want and later round picks in exchange for superstars like Hopkins and Clowney and a couple of firsts and a couple seconds. And then, you know, third, fourth and a sixth. It's really, really, really bad. This is catastrophically bad. It's amazing that I think his name is Cal McNair, the son of Bob McNair. He's just completely absent here. And this is pathetic. The younger McNair is going to drive the Houston Texas Texans and his relationship with Bill O'Brien, a.k.a. here on Unscripted as Butchin. His relationship with Butchin is going to drive the Houston Texans to the bottom of the AFC South and is going to have a revolt on his hands here pretty soon with guys that want out of Houston, led by J.J. Watt and anybody else that's worth a damn. Deshaun Watson has already sent out some cryptic tweets saying that if you read between the lines, he wants out. This team is being ruined by a guy that doesn't know shit from Shinola. He doesn't know football, and he doesn't know the management of a football team and the management of a football organization. And I'd have no idea what Bill O'Brien's doing. And the sad thing is, there's a lot of people in the National Football League circles that are a lot smarter than I am, and they don't know what Bill O'Brien is doing. All I know is that as much as I think the NFC North division should be won by the Green Bay Packers this upcoming season, whenever we get started, the AFC South, if it is not won 
by a well-managed and well-coached Indianapolis Colts organization, something is dreadfully wrong in Indianapolis. And I think because of the ineptness and the inadequacies and the stupidity of Bill O'Brien, it's going to cost a good Texans. Texans organization. They're going in the wrong direction. And as hard as Cal McNair's father worked to get a team back in Houston after the Oilers left for Nashville years ago, if Bob McNair was still alive, he'd probably shoot his own son. And I can tell you right now, if Bob McNair was still around, Butchin would not be in Houston. Okay, last thing today, real easy challenge for you. This is from uh, PFF at PFF, that's Pro Football Pro Focus. Football, we, yeah. Yeah, so you're not allowed to justify it or say anything about it. You just have to say the two teams. NFL's greatest rivalry. Bears and Packers. There you go. Rams and 49ers. At one time, Bills and Dolphins. Um, obviously, uh, the uh, Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys. But, uh, you know, you're asking, uh, <laughs> you're asking the candy man to differentiate between this and this. And, and uh, the longest one the one that has been played the most times, the one that there's only a three or four game difference. Uh, the best, the best uh, national football league rivalry still happens to reside in the NFC North and it's the green Bay Packers and the Chicago bears. And even though our odds are getting better with guys like Ryan Pace and Mitchell Trubisky calling Chicago home. Um, we've got to run on this 491st episode of unscripted. As always, we want to thank you for your continued support and hope that you continue to do so. And again, as a reminder, as we get out of here, as we have completed our week of shows here uh, on Unscripted, we ask you to please, if you haven't already, please visit iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google Play. Our numbers the last two days have been fabulous. We just had the best month of March that we've ever had. And April's already been better and we're already, what, 10 or 11 days in. So, we appreciate that. That's because of you guys. We truly appreciate that and hope that you continue to support us here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Having said that, for the executive producer of our little program, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.